Hey, what's up? What's up? It's your girls. I'm Rissy and I'm Shelves. And this is the podcast I totally relate. We are absolutely thrilled to be hosting and sharing this conversation with all of you. Today, we are sitting down with Tasha Diaz. Tasha is a licensed marriage and family therapist. She graduated with her master's degree from Brigham Young University. She is an approved supervisor in the state of Utah, and she works with clients at Covenant Sex Therapy. She works through telehealth and also has an office in Provo, Utah. She specializes and has a lot of experience in working with clients who have anxiety and trauma around sexual experiences as well as sexual addictions. She has also worked with issues surrounding health and eating, body image, and self-esteem, particularly among women. So Tasha is absolutely the woman we want to be talking to as we continue to have conversations that help women step into their own power. We are honored to invite therapist Tasha Diaz to the pod. Tasha, thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you for Yay. the time. Nice to meet you guys. We're yes. so excited to have you on the podcast. Thanks for giving your time. Yeah, not yeah. a problem. We've had a couple of conversations on our podcast uh, about sex. We we did like a whole section like Naughty November. Yeah. So we've kind of dipped our toes into this topic a little bit. Women were opening up and talking about mostly shame. Ah, okay, yep. And the role that that plays in their intimate uh, partnerships. I like we have a professional sitting down with us right now. I would be really interested in maybe what are the most common shame narratives that you come across as you're working with clients? Where is this stemming from? Yeah, gotcha. So, you know, it depends where you're coming from with the shame. So, different uh, cultures, communities, um, backgrounds, family or origins will have different messages the and I, I iterate that because a lot of people like to find one reason yeah mm. that they suck at like sex or that they just don't like sex or that they have really bad messages around it yeah don't feel comfortable in their body but it's usually several different layers that have piled up yeah. and kind of just nick sex oh, um okay and so like i mean since we're in utah county the big ones that people will always say is like the church most women in general are taught to think and take care of other people. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and some of that's sexist, some of that's nurturing, motherly, we give birth, or, you know, that's stuff yeah. like that. And it kind of comes with that territory of yeah. having to be kind of centers of communities in general. Yeah. Um, in the sense that we literally birth communities. So. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. okay. Yeah. And so you still get that sense of like wanting to take care of people and stuff. So there's still that layer there you get. Yeah of wanting to take care of people, noticing other people's stuff. But there's also the sexism, which is this dichotomous message you have around sex where male sexuality is, at the worst, allowed, unexpected. Mm-hmm. At the best, glorified and overvalued. So, yes. <laughs> and, yeah. and there's no in between. And, you know, we, we, people would think, well, okay, like, that's just in the church is like have you watched hollywood movies like yeah. it is two guys having sex together one of them just happens to have boobs and so yeah. because it is very sexualized in a male context short sweet contextualist like you can have sex right after you just finished the most horrifying experience of your life got yeah. there in the nasty dirt and just roll with it on yeah. some creek bed and how many women are really going to sit there and go like, yeah, no. <laughs> yeah. Right. No one yeah. that. 
Yeah. But female sexuality, the things that actually females want and women usually want, are underplayed within most contexts in general. Right. That's usually like where you find like the rom-coms or a woman, like it's clarified as a woman's movie. Yeah. Because there might be a little bit more... Context. Yeah, context. context. Yes. Yeah. Okay. T- yes. Conversations. <laughs> yeah. Normal things that you want in yeah. a relationship. And yeah. then you think about it, even guys are like, I want that too. And it's like, yeah, it's just none of us have ever looked at that because it's been this hyper-sexualized okay. male orientation to sex as opposed to contextual relational orientation towards sex, which is just not as exciting to yes. a lot of people. And so there's these different layers that pop up that can lead to instances of shame because again female sexuality and what is good for women oh and then you get like historical stuff like victorian ages that we're still kind of like trickling out because you get this then that context of like kind of more conservative orientation towards sexuality versus i don't know what to call it i'm gonna call it liberal i'm liberal and i don't like it (laughs) but but just kind of like a weird like hypersexual orientation yeah. of like smorgasbord of excess hedonism. And it's kind of this weird polarization. Yeah. Tell me more about what that, what is that, what do those both mean? Can you give maybe two examples? So, I mean, porn's an easy one for the hedonism one. Yeah. Okay. So, and you can see that filtering in younger cultures where, example, the money shot, like having people ejaculate on your face is becoming okay. more common with teenagers because they see it in porn all the time. Oh, okay. And so they assume this is natural sexual behavior. Mm. They also are assuming that might be tied into why anal sex is also kind of getting a little bit of a bump lately. It's Um, because of porn. A little bit of porn, and it's considered like free sex in the sense that you're not going to get pregnant, although that's not actually fully true. Because, yeah, well, fun fact, ejaculate comes out of your butt too. So, (laughs) and guess what's right next to your butthole? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So it's not as likely, but there are instances where people had anal sex and still got pregnant because ejaculate yeah. made its way around that end. So <laughs> Okay, okay. Yeah. It's just also poor sex education, too. So anyway, so that's kind of like that hedonism, current orientation, where it's hookup culture. <laughs> so, yeah, hookup okay. culture, okay. Um, hookup culture, again, that's sort of like, just have fun, go get really drunk, have a lot of sex, or like not even sex, half the time it's like oral or just heavy making out. Like there's like hookups. Yeah, yeah hookups, yeah. Yeah, and that's sexual. Yes. That's this, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then you have this conservative orientation which doesn't talk a lot about sex, assumes men are kind of sexual, assume women are kind of lower pure, pure in quotation marks. Right, yeah. And it just doesn't like, that's this other orientation. It, it values usually family ties Mm. um, and having strong family ties and making sure that you have one partner for the rest of your life forever. And those are your two areas. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, that makes total sense. Yeah. Yeah. The polar opposites and then... There's no real connection. Mm -hmm. It's hard to find any interlinking between the Mm -hmm. two. And so... It's this or that. Yeah. It's another... This and that, or maybe I'll take two things that I think are okay with this and keep that with oh, my yeah. context. Oh, my yeah. gosh, yeah, this actually makes a lot of sense because, I mean, even as I'm thinking, I'm just like, 
there, yeah, there were several things he said that I was like, oh, well, that's how it's for me. That's what I'm like, oh, so I guess I that. Yeah, like you yeah. don't, you don't, you don't even think about it. You just immediately go to the next circle. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Okay. Okay. All right. Yeah, and these two worlds do not meet. So. <laughs> yeah. No, they do, and there's no overlap. No. Yeah. None. None. There's very, 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 very little. Very little. And usually yeah. within one individual who does not talk but just has a smirk on their face when they're talking about sex. Like, I had fun. Yeah. <laughs> you know? yeah. And that's it. And so, uh, you know, in that context, again, neither one of these are necessarily any person, honestly. Like, not one person's necessarily fully happy with these experiences in these mm. two yeah. very extreme worldviews. Yeah. And what gets lost in those stories is women's actual sexuality. They yes. don't have a nice, healthy way of saying, oh, you are experiencing sexual arousal. Yeah. A lot of women don't even know what sexual arousal feels like. <laughs> like yeah, especially really. when they're teenagers and haven't had like a lot of sexual experiences. They're not mm-hmm. aware of their vagina in any way, shape, or form. It's yeah. just something tucked away and not talked about. Yeah. If they yes. were raised with good families that, you know, were wanting to do the good family thing. If they, you know, were more families that are more open sexually maybe enjoy more of that hedonistic circle i don't I hate putting it because it sounds like so pagan or something <laughs> but it's just what it is like yeah. that's kind of this very like again pleasure oriented yeah. circle you might get more like conversations about that but that's still even within any family situation extremely rare yeah mm-hmm. um mm-hmm. very very rare that you get families that are open about sex talk about sex frankly and say, you're going to have sexual experiences, or you're going to feel sexual desire for humans. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. And yeah. what you do with that. Yeah. There's no conversation. Oh, about. yeah. I never have had any sort of conversation around, like, oh, you might experience these things and hear positive things. It's like, no. Nope. Don't do it. And then... Here's your period. And uh, and then here's a green light. Yeah. Do whatever you want. Yeah. yeah. Like, what does that mean? now. Go. You yeah. Good, good luck with that. Yeah. <laughs> and, and your only teenage experience is... Like, oh, you're going to bleed out of that. Just yeah. FYI. Here's some pads to collect that. Yeah. Good luck. Mm. It's not fun. Yeah. So it's the not. only orientation you get is with your vagina, with your major sexual organs, is it's yucky. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yes. yes. That is, that's the message for yeah. sure. And, and, and there's, a lot of, um, there's a lot of cultural messages too around like, oh, that time of month, she's PMS-y. Like, yeah. She, like, yeah, like, what are you on your period? So, like, even even with just that that function that, like, well, probably most females experience around the same age, there's still so much, like, embarrassment and shame around, like, yeah. you, you wouldn't want to be identified as, like, that time of month or she's PMSy. Yeah. And, and that ties into your sexuality. Yeah, which is still annoying because, like, why is it bad that we PMS? Yeah. Like... Why is it bad that once a week I get a little grouchy, prefer to be in a bathtub and want to watch serious movies? Mm. <laughs> yeah. yeah. You know, and just want to take some time to isolate and just relax. Yeah. Like, there's nothing wrong with it. Mm-mm. But again, our orientation is male and this very hyper-pleasure orientation. Yes. Yeah. That makes female orientations lesser than. Mm. Yeah. And therefore shameful. What do we do with that, though? Like, where it's like, that doesn't feel good to me. No, it's not fun. I wouldn't recommend it. Yeah. Like, it, like that. Uh, but that seems to be um, what circulates in our society. Yeah. Why? What, yeah. How can we change that? 
most of the people who are going to be hearing this conversation are mothers and still have the ability to impact and change and influence their children. Yeah. And so it kind of sounds like maybe that's where we start with. Yeah. I so what would you suggest? Mix of both. I often tell them to start with yourself too. Oh, Don't forget yourself yeah, just because yeah. your kids are there. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. And so like, it's a lot easier if you believe these messages that you're teaching your kids. Mm. And so... If you have these hyper shame or you don't like sex, take a minute and say, maybe it's time for me to learn how to yeah. or learn what mine is. Yeah. Oh, I um, like that. You know, and replace it with empowering messages. And so one of the first things I tell women is we're the only ones that get a pleasure button. Like men multitask with their sex object. We don't. <laughs> yeah. We have a clitoris that does these amazing sexual things. Mm. And I point out that like, you know, we don't have one orgasm. We don't have a form of orgasm like a guy does where, I mean, some guys can, like, have multiple orgasms and different orgasms, but they kind of just have a one-stop shop. Yeah. They get up, they do their thing, they ejaculate, they get down. Yeah. And that's it. It's kind of boring. So... <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Whereas women, you know, I can sit there and like, do you know what a half an orgasm feels like? And women will be like, yeah, I, yeah, I know what you're talking about. And guys are like, what do you mean half an orgasm? Like, is that yeah. really a thing? And I was like, yeah, of course. You know, and pointing out like, that's because our organs are functionally different. They look and interact differently with our physiology. So it's far easier for us to have variations of orgasm and sexual pleasure. Yeah. We're a buffet table of fun. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And it just depends what we're hungry for that day. Maybe we want ice cream every day. Kudos for you. But most people want a little bit of salad. They want to go try out a little bit of that chicken. They want the lasagna every once in a while. And figure out, learn to tune into your body yeah. and say, I think I really want to try this. And if you don't know, well, it's probably time to test out some waters and taste some stuff. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And so that's okay. more enjoyable. And then you translate that to your kids of like, I want to make sure they have this experience of learning to love their bodies and their experiences in their bodies. Yeah. And so, so for example, I, it starts luckily really small. <laughs> you, you don't have to sit there with your two-year-old and go, all right, let me tell you about the birds and the bees. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's not one talk, it's a long, prolonged conversation you have over time. Yeah. So for example, my daughter is two, two and a half. And uh, cute as can be, she has the correct anatomy. She knows the front part of her is her vulva, and the back side is su pompas, in Spanish, her bum. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> so she knows those big kind of areas that this is the, like, the vulva, and this is the pompas. And she will sometimes, she just fairly recently started to, like, every time we are getting ready for her bath and she's a little naked, she'll sit down, plop down right in front, spread her legs, and take a peek. And look around and poke stuff. And I don't stop her. Because she's learning her body and she's curious about it. And she's enjoying herself. Okay. Wow. First, okay, you're kind of blowing my mind. Yes. So we cannot teach what we feel uncomfortable with. Yeah. And that example right there, I mean, I can't even tell you. I'm getting more comfortable now. But I remember when my kids were younger and little and like I didn't say anything. But they probably maybe could have even felt like weird energy. Just like, oh. Like, you want to tell them, like, don't touch yourself, don't do that. Like, yeah. I, I wanted to tell them, don't do that. Yeah. And so, and so, and what you're saying is, like, until we personally can be comfortable with our own sexuality, we cannot teach 
like yeah healthy sexuality to our kids exactly because and, in these small yeah. moments when they're like getting ready to get into the bath this is an opportunity for them to feel comfortable within their own body with their own sexuality exactly and i you can still teach them boundaries and yeah. the sense of like when she's on the toilet and peeing i don't want her to touch pee yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Right. you know and so i tell her you know don't touch that because you're peeing. <laughs> yeah. yeah. You know, and I don't talk about it as don't touch her vulva. I talk about it as don't touch pee. Yeah. You know, because ew. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Because ew. <laughs> exactly. Like, I don't want to wash all of your hands. And right. Get yeah. it places. Like, that's why. It's yeah. contextual. Yeah. Okay. Mm. Okay. So that's where you start, and then you move forward with that. You, when they get curious about their parts or they have questions, you answer them. Yeah, and so without we, like uh, making a weird face or like, yeah, you know, just be like, oh yeah, you know, and so it makes it normal conversation. I have another friend who had a boy and she was able to do that where he'd answer, she'd answer questions about different body parts and anatomy and very frankly. And so he would feel comfortable coming up and explaining something that happened to his penis. And I was like, oh, that's nice. Yeah. <laughs> Walk away. Yeah. You know, I was like, that's right. That that makes sense. You have blood vessels there. That would happen that way. Yeah. You know, and and that's kind of what you do. You just learn to have normal conversations around their body parts and not say, let's not talk about this part, body part, because it's part of you. Just as like we talk as women all the time about a really crappy period or, yeah, really. or our birth stories or... You know, and graphic details sometimes, those birth stories. Yes. (laughs) And so you talk about, oh, you know, I enjoyed sex the other day. You know, I've had a really fun time. Yeah. And it it just becomes a normal part of your conversation. You don't have to go into nasty graphic details of, like, you know, in front of, like, all of your, like, church members or, (laughs) you know, in front of grandma. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Grandma is cultured to the way she is. Ain't going to change that real fast. But maybe saying, I had fun the other day. Or, you know, when you're, like, this was a funny one that embarrassed my sister-in-law to save her life. But I had a really pleasurable time. And I was still, like, kind of in my high, hazy place. Mm -hmm. And she... She could hear it in the voice. She's like, are you okay? He's like, yep. He's like, what happens? Like, sex. <laughs> that's all I said. She's like, oh, I didn't need to know that. And I was like, well, that's what I do. <laughs> you know, and well, so. That's actually, yeah. so, that's so, that's important. That's helpful to like, because even as I'm thinking like, okay, let's go back to middle school days where you feel like, like you said, like, oh, that part of our body is yucky and you yeah. feel yucky versus changing changing the way we talk about our own experiences takes away the fact that like my pleasure, my experience, my body is not yucky. It's exactly. enjoyable. It's normal. It's Completely. biological. It's yeah, it is. And so when they sit there and you, if you had a good open communication with your kids and they're like, I have this huge crush on this guy. I was like, Oh, cool. That's really great. That's normal. It's normal yeah. for you to have really big feelings towards people. Yeah. Mm. And just making it a part of your normal conversation. Yeah. And, introducing when you need to teach them stuff like as parents we often like aren't inserting ourselves in sexual conversation yeah so again you get those two different areas that talk about it yeah yeah (laughs) all they hear is what they hear at church which is anyone explaining what they think about sex and then which i mean that's fun and then you get school where 
really depends where you live (laughs) on what you're going to get, which is maybe some basic sex ed. And sometimes it has really not great facts or it's the scare tactics. Like I remember when I moved to Texas, Oh Lord. (laughs) Abstinent pledges. And this is all the STDs you're going to get from every sexual experience you've ever had. And like, yeah, just super fear-based was not great. Virginia was at least accurate. So, yeah. You know, I live just south of DC, so that was why. You know, and so you don't know what you're going to get there. Yeah. And then they're going to watch TV, and mm-hmm. most of them are going to find porn. You can mm-hmm. assume that now at these yeah. points um, until we change laws or something to make it harder for children to get it. They're going to learn it from porn. Yeah. That's fun. Yeah. Yeah. And you're not in that conversation, mm-hmm. no, which is kind of sad. Yeah. I grew up here in Utah. Go on. A lot of the narratives that I learned from sex was, you know, locker room talk, uh, talking amongst friends who also have no experience. The blind leading the blind. Um, yeah, blind leading the blind, exactly. <laughs> yeah. 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 And um, I didn't have those conversations with my parents. And I feel like a lot of people my age, uh, you know, who, who might even be listening to this podcast are, are the same way. So what do you do when you've learned all of these things? And you're like, okay, I know these are there inside of me. So I grew up kind of in the purity culture. I know that's affecting me somehow. I've had like my own traumas or my own things. Yeah. So how do I be a sexual confident woman now after yeah. All living 30 yeah. years? Uh, and, and like knowing, like I love knowing that I can do better for when I have children or for this future generation. But I hear you saying, fill your cup. Yeah. Enjoy it first. Get to know yourself first, then teach. I'm like, okay, what do I do? I have yeah. all of these things, or what do we do? Yeah. There's really great books that talk about it and help you explore it a little bit. I, I mean, I would that would be my first goal is like, well, read a good book about it. Okay. Um, especially since we're older, you got it sounds like you don't have kids, which means you have time. Yeah, <laughs> I got time, girlfriend. <laughs> yeah, I remember those days; they were great. Yeah, I'm living the yeah. dream. <laughs> you know, and. Look, look up good books from okay. people who are educated and from educated sex therapist orientations or sex education orientation. So you're getting accurate information. Yeah. Okay. And you're learning a little bit more about you and what it, what it looks like to have a more like evidence-based sexuality, I guess. Like something that's more stable than something real as opposed to something that's culturally derived and assumed to be the, the mm. answer for everybody mm. okay okay Ooh, i like that so find out what is real for you instead of you've been taught this so it must be this yeah and there are everybody has these facts that we have been taught and therefore it is true mm-hmm. um i mean you're yeah. seeing that in hyper mode right now with covid mm-hmm. where you get people finding facts quotation marks yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 with those facts yeah and ending up in a circle that ends up hurting them. Yeah. Because it fits what they assume to be true already. Yeah. And mm. this doesn't fit their assumptions. Yeah. You know, and, and it's sad. Yeah. You know, and so take a minute and realize you probably hold assumptions, you probably hold beliefs that don't actually have a lot of basis in anything true. It's just what everybody says is. Yeah. Mm. We kind of get to be our own little explorers, our own yeah. little... Okay, cool. So this kind of leads us into... Another question ooh, I ooh, you. One, yeah. one real quick okay, question yeah. with Shane. Mm-hmm. Beware comparison. Yes. Because <laughs> mm. your sexuality is going to be different from mine. Yeah. 
And my sexuality is going to be different from when I was 20 as opposed to when I am 33 with yeah. a two and a half year old. Yeah. Like, yeah. each stage is different and there's nothing true. Like, as in, like, this is the absolute way. Okay, so if we get to be curious and adventurous in our own sexuality, I mean, I think this kind of leads us into, like, the idea of masturbation. And, yeah. like, I have all sorts of shame. Like, Around that? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, literally, um, and, and I've mentioned this in a previous episode, like, for the first time mm-hmm. a year, like, within the last year, and I'm 37-year-old woman. I was like, how old are you? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I'm 37. Yeah. And, um, and, yeah, I just, like, I got that message that that is no go bad that is so bad like ew you don't do that and so how in the world could I ever know my own sexuality yeah it's just like I don't know sweetie pie good luck (laughs) help me find it (laughs) and only you can do it and I can't even myself I view all sex acts as neutral okay as in they're not good or bad it's what you do with them so, okay, yeah. same so, more. So, for example, I'll, I'll go with the most extreme because it's easiest to visualize. Okay. But sex, right? Mm-hmm. Is it good or bad? Well, it depends. Is it good to have intercourse with a partner that you love and care about, that loves and cares about you and respects you and asks you what you want and do? Yeah, of course. It's great. Is it good to coerce someone into a sexual experience that they're not ready for to have intercourse because you really want to? No, it's bad. Mm. but it's the same act oh okay okay I love that okay yeah Yeah. you're talking about context here yes the context makes it good or bad so masturbation is neutral it has good aspects to it so example that you're kind of hinting around and going around Mm -hmm. is that it helps you understand your own pleasure cycle yeah you know there's this fun fact that I have every once in a while I meet a couple of guys who don't masturbate have almost never masturbated or never have. <laughs> yeah. And they have similar problems that we kind of associate with women. So they have a hard time staying aroused. They have a hard time understanding their body. They feel kind of gross touching themselves. They don't know their body. It's never been pleasurable. So it's just this weird, ugly, dangly thing. That yeah. yeah. They don't understand. Yeah. Yeah. And likewise for women, that's, that's a lot of us have that message of don't touch and we're not taught to explore it and it's easier to ignore it and kind of like does disgust factor come in because I feel like a lot of women I notice that all the time just in body talk like the way that women speak about and maybe I only hear that more from women because I am a woman maybe men have that same thing I don't know they don't Um, (laughs) yeah really (laughs) most of them don't except again this weird little subsect of unicorns that I found that don't masturbate right and they haven't learned their own body and so they don't associate their interactions with it as good and pleasurable Mm. so it's just kind of gross like and it makes sense like there's this stuff that comes out of your wee wee and it's all squishy and gross and it smells funky a little bit sometimes yeah and i mean everybody's seen a penis and a vagina they don't they're not pretty (laughs) yeah right and so it's not actually associated with what it's supposed to be associated with yeah and so likewise for women you again you have these sexual acts like and all of a sudden like there's this mucusy f- stuff that's coming out of your vagina and all, all around and it's sweaty down there and it also smells kind of funky <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. and that's kind of what it gets associated when you divorce it from pleasure mm. when you associate these things with pleasure then those things become pleasurable kind of like mm. eating escargot yeah like i don't want to eat snails because i didn't grow up eating snails <laughs> so, oh, yeah. 
So yeah. if you get used to the idea that snails are good, it's a good source of protein, you can flavor them really great, you're going to like escargot. Yeah. Likewise, mm-hmm. you will like your vagina if you learn that it is a place of pleasure and enjoyment and fun and yeah. goodness. Yeah. And that it can be a form of expressing yourself. Yeah. Okay. So, yeah. context is everything. It is super Masturbation everything. is an act, a neutral act. It's a neutral act. And so, for people who, I'd point out, like, okay, so let's say, so oftentimes people who have uh, issues with masturbation as, like, no-goes are, have come from more religious backgrounds. And ding, ding. <laughs> yeah, spot on. <laughs> and so, I'll point out, okay, so let's go with the principle of the matter of like, why are you in a marriage? And people will point out like, well, I'm in a marriage because I want to be close to my husband. It's like, why is sex important in a marriage? Like, because it's a way to be close to each other, to learn mm. each other and love each other. Okay. And right now, because you don't know your pleasure, you're not able to do that as much. Right. And you're like, yeah. Okay. Well, if you're masturbating to understand your pleasure so that you can give that to your husband, is that bad <laughs> like or is it could that be a good thing yeah and they'll be like oh i guess it could be good <laughs> yeah yeah and i was like yeah and it's between you guys and if you want it to like you can tell him right before and be like hey i'm gonna go masturbate mm-hmm. um you know so that he can kind of know you can make it flirtatious and playful a little bit and kind of let him know a little bit and yeah that way it's open and honest and caring you can have him right there <laughs> yeah. yeah and just having him like be there you can sit like right next to him or on top of him and you touch yourself and it's still part of each other's pleasure and usually the husband's there and it's like would you find that pleasurable if your wife was pleasuring herself and he'd be like yes yes i would (laughs) (laughs) yeah yeah and then like then it's mutual yeah and so like you know and that's you're you're finding your value system and i don't i don't dissuade anyone's values like their Mm -hmm. core values are important and you can't have good sexuality outside your value system because it's not truly you. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, it's just throwing away your values for that pleasure, yeah. that polarization, or that church orientation, and not really what you actually want and believe. Mm. And yeah. so if you really firmly believe in making your relationship with your spouse the center of your sexual relationship, then make your sexual acts orient around that value. Yeah. Wow. And and then you're going to really enjoy it. Yeah. It shouldn't be divorced. Yeah. Mm, I like that because what I hear you saying is being centered. Yeah. You're you're just in touch with who you are. I think that if we try to over-intellectualize, it's easy for us to spin anything good or bad. Yes. Like to persuade. Um, but when I find myself in those moments of persuasion or searching, I don't feel centered. No. I feel more panicked. I feel more unrest. Yeah, because um, you're trying to force yourself into what yes. you assume is the right answer. Yes. And it doesn't feel right. Rather than feeling what is right for me, for yeah. you and just knowing that it might look different than what either of you like or yeah, need. Yeah. Um, and that's okay because I'm centered. That's yeah. like literally what I hear yeah. you saying. Because it's um, about your experience with either yourself or and or your partner. Yeah. It's not this isn't for like your fitting into yeah. Yes. whatever group. And well, it, yeah. Oh, and sorry. It, and it may like every once in a while I really believe in also 
checking yourself. So every once in a while checking to see, is this an actual value that is doing good for me? Mm. Or is this a value that is maybe leading to some form of disconcerting problems? Yeah. Um, you know, and, or like just being willing to kind of allow yourself to be pushed. Like yeah. my husband was showing this really funny little meme thingy. It was way too long. So I won't go into the detail. <laughs> it, was, it was kind of really... A very crass humor of this old guy who's trying to get with very young girls and is obviously super sexist. <laughs> and he's like, okay, so I went with the left side and I like tried to like get into this and it didn't work and I went over the right. So I tried to like listen and then try to have stable conversations with them and like discuss it and that didn't work. So then I just ended up super validating whatever they said and just repeating everything they said and then that got me into bed. <laughs> This is, it was this terrible joke. Yeah. But it was yeah. in this line of we kind of are, especially our younger generation, and because of that hyperpolarization that we are experiencing in our daily lives, is that we're having a hard time being confronted with beliefs and values and experiences that are different from our own. Yeah. Or that we do not value ourselves. And so I very much value be uncomfortable at times, explore and see, okay, what do these, what do these different values and experiences have? that are good for them mm. and and are those things that I might value sometimes too you know there are yeah. moments that I'd probably find interconnection mm. and then I can take those in or it might say wait so for example someone who does not talk about sex does not like sex doesn't want sex <laughs> that's their value system too so they don't want to do sex yeah. but it's hurting things that they do value like their relationship their ability to connect with their spouse their um, sense of okayness in their body and yeah. then they're looking at their kids and going I don't want this for my kid and so therefore it's a time to look at your value and say hey maybe I need to reorient my value a little bit mm. so that it fits these other things that I really want too. Yeah. so yeah. It, it's a balance yeah. it's noting what your intuition is and noting who you are in this moment but also saying hey maybe I need to reorient when something's not fully right yes. yeah. and so it's, it's a fun little balancing act for everybody. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> which yeah. is leading to that other question you gave me, which was like about fun and excitement. Yeah. And that's yeah. why I had an asterisk in my head of like, when you want it to be fun and exciting. Yeah. You can find many ways to make it fun and exciting. Yeah. So um, I'm going to tell a personal story that kind of mixes questions about trauma mixed with this fun and exciting aspect. Okay. okay. Um, so recently, probably three months ago <laughs> I can't remember time I have a toddler yeah <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> you give me Long brain, yeah. <laughs> and so but like three or so months ago I had a miscarriage it didn't go well and I lost a third of my blood that I care about because I was anemic I oh, had yeah. massive migraines I it was not a fun time to say the least yeah I still have massive migraines around my period it's so fun <laughs> so <laughs> Needless to say, I do not feel like myself. The first month, I did not want my husband to touch me. Like, if he touched me for too long, I felt overcrowded and overwhelmed. Yeah. My body was on survival mode. It just wanted to curl up in a ball and be left alone. Yeah. And that's kind of where it was. And again, I have every positive health. I'm a freaking sex therapist. Yeah. <laughs> like, I know all these positive messages about it. It doesn't mean that in my context at that moment... Uh-huh. That I can go into fun and exciting mode. I could not do that. Yeah. That was a well above and beyond myself. I've had many fun, playful, enjoyable, exciting sexual experiences. 
but my body and my soul needed something soft and slow and careful. Yeah. And every once in a while I just needed him to pet me mm-hmm. and just to gently stroke my back. And that was enough. That was that was as sexual as I could go at times. Yeah. And then I like gently like nudged it every once in a while. Because <laughs> yeah. I value being sexual with my husband. But I you know, that mind blowing, fun, glowy sex sexual orgasm that I was telling you guys about earlier, that started with me crying. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like it started with me bawling my eyes out about being frustrated with my body and being frustrated that it was this long slog and I couldn't just naturally get to where I used to be mm-hmm. and telling him this and being like I just need to cry this out and explain how I'm feeling and how frustrated I am with my body and and allow that to be and and then we just continued yeah. <laughs> and it's not like yeah. we started really really sexual we just Gently, like it just kind of one thing led to another kind of thing, as you yeah, yeah. it's much. like a gentle well, opening. Because, yeah, you open. There was vulnerability. There yeah. was there was emotional intimacy. There was very much emotional intimacy and vulnerability. I was first emotionally naked before I was full physically naked. Mm. Yeah, and and that allowed me that space to feel safe to recenter myself in my body enough to then have a really great orgasm. <laughs> yes, girl. Yeah. Yes, you know, that rocked it. Yes. <laughs> Yeah. And but it, I wouldn't have been able to get there if I had this mindset that it has to be fun and exciting because yeah. I needed to cry. Oh, okay. And so I would say, yes, you can have fun and excitement just like you can have fun and excitement as an 80-year-old with anything. Mm-hmm. You know, you all probably know those fun old people who are just life at the party, dancing it up, doing some fun stuff. Yeah. Yeah, you can have fun having sex in a long-term relationship. But remember where you are in your relationship, yeah. in accordance with your body and in accordance with your spouse or yeah. partner. You know, are mm. you really there? And if you're not, then don't try to force yourself to be fun and exciting when you really need to sit there and take it slow and have someone gently pet you back. We just want to share a big thank you to everybody who helped make this episode possible. From the bottom of our hearts, thank you. Drop into our DMs. You can find us on Instagram at itotallyrelatepod. Or you can share your feedback and insights with us at itotallyrelatepod at gmail.com. We totally want to get to know you. See you next time. Peace out.